welcome to episode 19 of No Crying in Baseball. Today's a special day. It's the first episode in season two. We're so excited because you know what that means. What does that mean? That means we get to keep talking about baseball. <laughs> also, it also means it's spring training started. Oh, yeah, yeah, that actual baseball stuff. I am excited. Uh, yeah. Excited. My name's Patty. I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth. So that's me. We're realizing that season two is sort of a new beginning, and I just want to make it really clear that my name Potty Mouth came before this podcast, and it was given by my friend Patty, because we've been watching sports together for a good long time. A very long time. And and just the, the descriptive language that I choose to use when I'm watching it's sports. It's colorful. It's very colorful. colorful. That You've been calling me Potty Mouth for a while, so we're going to do a podcast with Patty and Potty Mouth. Besides our producer who doesn't like the sound of pee on the microphone, it kind of works. Alliteration is mouth. our friend, yeah. and it is, it, it is apt. It is an apt nickname. If you're new to our podcast, welcome. Stop what you're doing and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes now that we're in season two. And there's a couple things we want to explain to you if you haven't been with us all this time. One is we spend some time talking about our baseball boyfriends. That may be confusing if you don't know us. It's not boyfriend in a romantic way. These are the guys on the teams that we want to hang out with. We think they have fun when they play. They have mad skills. They'd be the guys you'd want to go hang out with, have a beer with, and talk baseball with. Definitely. We found lots of interesting characters, and this show has really given us the sort of inspiration to see what these guys' lives are like. And some of them have some great stories. And we'd hopefully someday we'll be able to hang out with them. <laughs> so we're going to, every week we'll tell you a little bit about some new boyfriends. We'll revisit old boyfriends. You can go listen to past episodes to get caught up on our boyfriends from season one. There's also a drinking game involved in our podcast. Uh, fuck, this is my fault, right? <laughs> it, it's your fault, but if we can blame you on our drinking, I'm okay with that. All right, I'll, I'll fall on the sword for that one. So go ahead and say the word. So they're adorable. You, Patty has told me repeatedly that adorable is not a baseball word. It's not a sports it word. It's not in any way. coming up. It's just like, it just, it's so appropriate. But I was overusing it. I may still overuse it just a bit. So I've been punished by having to take a sip every yeah, we're, time. We're trying to curb that. So, you know, if you hear if you hear us say adorable, either one of us, because now I've picked it up. It's a verbal tick now. Thank you, Potty Mouth. Please feel free to drink on our behalf. Let's get going into season two. We have a little bit of sad news and then a lot of good news. Yeah, I guess it's good to get the sad stuff out of the way. I mean, it, it's heartwarming and sad that we lost Tito Francona the first um, this week, 84 years old, who was a major league player throughout the 60s, right, with a bunch of teams. But, you know, especially for you, Patty, his big stint was with the Indians. His strongest time was with the Indians. And so that's why it was incredibly poetic when his son – are Terry Francona, who I love from being the Red Sox manager, but when he went to the Indians, that it was kind of a homecoming for his dad. And I can only imagine how proud he was and what an amazing opportunity that his dad had to throw out the first pitch of the ALDS in 2016. It was it was great for his son to be there for that. And really, everybody in the stands and everybody, all the Clevelanders watching on TV had that special place, and everybody felt that moment. And we will all miss Tito. So there's good news. I'm the, ready for the good news. The good news, we finally had a big, 
a big deal happened. Big ass trade. A big ass trade. I'm going to go ahead and say big ass, even though I'm not potty mouth in this equation. It's a big I ass. I say big fucking it, ass it's, it's, it's a contract. So the Padres got Hosmer. They got Eric Hosmer. They are paying $144 million for eight years of Hosmer. It's front loaded. So it's $20 million a year for the first couple of years. And that goes way down in future years, which makes a lot of sense because, you know, later on, you know, you're not, you're not producing like you were before. It is the largest contract in Padres history. It's big. They haven't been spending. They've got a lot of young guys they're trying to bring up. So timing is actually good on this because Hosmer is like in his prime right now and probably will stay that way for a couple years if, you know, everything remaining equal. So the young guys on the team are going to kind of catch up to that. So they're building. And it's kind of a logical, it's a smart move, I think. It's expensive, but I think it's going to work very well. And um, Hosmer has a good record in Petco Park in San Diego. He's only played there a dozen times over the past couple years because the Royals didn't play Padres right. very often. But out of those 12 games, he's batting 458 in Petco Park. So uh, we'll see if that continues. So I think the Padres made a good move. It's expensive, but I think worth it. See if he can keep that up. And it's interesting seeing a lot of these teams that we don't think of as championship teams making some big moves. And so I'd be interested to see where the Padres are going with this. And we've been, we've been um, griping. I think, mm-hmm. over the past couple of Griping weeks. Griping is fair. Griping about not having exciting shit to talk about, like that big trade. There was a big, uh, a lot of pitcher action this past week. So I'm just going to do a quick rundown because there's a lot going on. But it's it's looking exciting. Talk about teams that haven't had much going. Man, the Orioles haven't done Sigh. shit, right? They haven't. And, and they need a little bit of everything. But at least they're buffing up the rotation. They got a deal with Andrew Kashner. And I'm excited because I think this is good uh, opportunity for a future grooming segment. If anyone's seen his beard and flowing hair, there's going to be a continued conversation about that beard. I can see it coming. Yeah, so I'll be willing to talk about the Orioles in the podcast in the future if we're looking at Kashner. Along those lines, I mean, the, the other thing they've been talking about is moving Machado to shortstop from third base, which is the only thing they've had to talk about. Other than Machado, also has a new haircut, but that's that's for a later date. Yeah, yeah, and he's at least staying there. So yeah. the Orioles have something. More pitching news. Your beloved Trevor Bauer, ex-Halloween uh, costume of you, uh, won his arbitration. And, and now I understand this word wins means he got his number over over the Cleveland number. So I think it, I think that's another one that it wasn't too far apart. Everybody's got to be happy with it. Another team that we don't think of as much in the upper levels has been doing some major moves this year. The Twins have two good pitching acquisitions over the past week. They've been busy. Anibal Sanchez, they signed, who I think was a free agent, for uh, a year for $2.5 million. And they got Oda Rizzi. I just love saying that name. They got <laughs> Oda Rizzi from the Rays in exchange for a prospect. I guess there was some talk that they were looking at Archer, but ended up with Oda Rizzi, which makes it much more fun to talk about. And, of course, you got it. What are you talking about? Well, <laughs> you know, because we've been talking <laughs> about you for weeks and I, we almost forgot this one because it happened right after our last taping. You, Darvish, going to the Cubs, man. That's big. That's that is big. big. And for a while, that was unexpected. That's not where we thought he was going to go. But the Cubs got him. And I think it's going to be a good home for him. Yeah. And we'll see what happens. We still don't know with Arietta. So is he filling Arietta's shoes? What's going to happen with Arietta? I think Cubs fans are mighty happy about you. They are. They are. Stay tuned. I, I guess... We do have a little bit more sad-ish news. This was just a really bizarre story out there about a drug bust with a former major league pitcher, Esteban Loaiza, who's Mexican, who's actually 
Really? You pick these stories so you can pronounce those names. Yeah, you know, that one I did a shitty job with. Let me try, try again. Loaiza, Esteban Loaiza, who was a major league pitcher from 95 to 2008. That's so a long he time. was in there a long time. He was on a bunch of teams. He was an all star when he was with the White Sox in 03. And what I guess to him? he actually tanked uh, his career when he got traded to the Yankees just a little. Little, so, little Yankee little, hate, sure. Little Yankee hate. But um, he got busted. Big time for drugs. So apparently he was driving back from Mexico. Somehow he got pulled over. They, it sounds like they didn't actually find the drugs in the car, but they found a sophisticated drug hiding compartment in his Mercedes, enough to get them. A That's not like a factory default on the car. No, no, you have to pay extra for that. Exactly. Okay. He there. He must have had a pretty hot shop to get that put put in. Um, led to a search warrant for his house. I guess it was too much to get rid of because in his house they found something like 22 kilos of cocaine, a substance believed to be cocaine, <laughs> is what they're saying. If Until, it looks like co cocaine, if it's yeah. packaged like cocaine, yeah. So that's a big jail time. The other just sort of weird thing about this guy that I didn't know, know was that he was married to Jenny Rivera, who's like one of the top Mexican female singers, especially in this one sort of branch of Mexican music where very male dominate, dominated. And she was also a Mexican reality star. They were married for two years, and she had just filed divorce papers in 2012 when she was in a tragic plane accident and died. So I guess since losing his wife through almost divorce but actually being widowed, he maybe has been, I don't know. Wow. Getting into drugs in a really heavy way. Yeah, there have been a lot of stories recently about like minor criminal infractions like inflicted upon or by major league past and present stars. But this seems to be a pretty big deal yeah. compared to the other ones. When we talk about boyfriends, we often have to do a lot of research to pick the boyfriends if it's a team we're not so familiar with. I have to say, this week, our first team is the Red Sox. I can't contain myself. I'm, like, jumping over here. I'm <laughs> so excited. Potty mouth is, is, is exploding with joy. And you know what? I felt I felt pretty good about it, too. It wasn't that hard for us to pick some Red Sox boyfriends. The hard thing was us to stop making notes about our boyfriends and oh so it may God. be hard to get us to stop talking about Red Sox boyfriends and I'm not even a diehard Red Sox fan so potty mouth you go first I gotta catch my breath endless endless I've been talking about Pookie for weeks I just kind of keep slipping him in and I call him Pookie because he's just yeah okay adorable I get to take a sip Cheers. adorable Red Sox player in this case it, it works. Yeah. So Mookie Betts, I finally got to actually delve into his life and find out what's behind the Mookie Betts, the Pookie that I've been just adoring for these past couple of years. 25 years old, plays right field. His initials are MLB, Marcus Lynn Betts, on purpose. His mom pulled that <laughs> I off. I love that. Yep. She, that's exactly where she got the Marcus somewhere. And then she thought MLB, that is his destiny. And she also pulled his new nickname, Mookie. And I just want to make this Mookie Wilson, super... right? It's got to be Mookie okay, Wilson, famous baseball exactly player. exactly where I want to cut you off. I'm <laughs> cutting you off right there. That's the problem is everybody thinks it's Mookie Wilson, as everybody can remember from the Mets in the late 80s who hit the famous ball in the World Series that went between Bill Buckner's legs and caused the Red Sox to lose. But it was not that Mookie that he's named after. So wait, Mookie Wilson caused the Red Sox to lose or he caused the Mets to win? win. I'll, I'm going right. to make that up. Okay. Never mind. All right. The Mets won. 
it's all history because the Red Sox have gotten much better since and it's those the wrong days. Mookie. And it was an, a basketball guard, which is a little bit of an intro into Mookie just being a sports guy from a sports family. And he is all around sports everything. He excels in basketball. We'll talk about his other sports later. They even say like ping pong. He can do a Rubik's Cube in two minutes. This guy <laughs> is just a super sensitive. He's got like all those neurons just charging. His mom is huge in his life. He calls his family every day. He calls his mom, still calls his mom Call every mom. day. His parents did divorce at eight. His dad's still in the picture. His dad has also been encouraging, but it's really his mom who has been behind his sports. Um, I just also want to just mention his, his love life, which I, even though he's my baseball boyfriend, that's because I want to hang out with him. He has a middle school sweetheart that he's still dating labeled as fiance without but he's like date. 12 right so that's current right yeah. 25 yeah he's been it's been a minute since middle school but it's he's that kind of just sweet guy he's from Tennessee his uncle so his mom who's the one who has been encouraging his sports she actually was a softball player herself love that um, and her brother Terry Shumpet was an MLB player from 1990 through 2003. So Mookie basically grew up with this Major League Baseball uncle, and he actually got to take batting practice in Coors Field at the age of 14. How cool is that? Uh, Mookie's got his own stats going now, an all-star already in 2016 and 17, uh, silver slugger in 16, golden gloves, 17, 18, Defense, sexy, sexy defense. He is also good at stealing bases. He's uh, three of the years he's been one of the top 10 stealers. And in 2013, he made it 38 out of 42 attempts on stealing base. There's, I can't, I can't, yeah, that's a huge number. That's amazing. And since I'm, I'm such a Red Sox fanatic, I just had to throw in a couple of, like, you know, what we can play with numbers like anything, and there's a statistic for everything that we've talked about a lot. But, man, when you're on the same sentence as Ted Williams in Red Sox history, that's crazy. They're the only two Red Sox players, him and Ted Williams, with over 30 homers and over 100 RBI before the age of 24. That's a How great sentence. That? I want to be in that sentence. He's also with another one of our beloved Red Sox players as the only or the second. So he's with David Ortiz as the second Red Sox pair in history with 30 homers, 40 doubles, and 100 RBI in a season together in the same season. And the only other pair to have done that, Ortiz himself with Manny Ramirez. So it's kind of nice slipping into Manny's shoes, but maybe he won't be peeing in the, in in the, the green in, monster. In the green monster, Check right. Out our, I think it was our last, last episode, right. episode for details on that. We know, and I lamented a couple of weeks ago that Mookie was going into arbitration and I was concerned about the hurt feelings. And he was the one in the league with the biggest distance between his number and the Red Sox number. He got his way, so he really has no So arbitration feelings. works for him. It works for him. And he's saying that it's not a big deal. It's just the way things go. He says he loves it in Boston. He loves the guys there. He just wants to stay. So here's his third sport. So I mentioned that he played basketball when he was young. He played baseball when he was young. I put in Google Mookie Betts B. And so you got baseball, right? And the first Or you not, got batting. Nope. Or, no. That bat was two, baseball was three. Well, Number was one. one was Mookie Betts bowling. <laughs> so not only is he an amazing baseball player, but he is an amazing bowler. And he actually bowls in the offseason 
in the PBA, and this past November of 2017, he bowled a perfect game. He's not in the top 10 or anything. He was like number 156 of 195, so he's not in the elite, but damn, he's pretty good. And actually, he so he got bowling as well as baseball from his mom, who was bowling the night before he was born. In labor? he was bo- She was bowling in labor? Almost. She <laughs> bowled her last frame at 9.30 at night, went into labor at 11, Mookie born the next day. So he had a bowling in his He comes by it honestly is what you're saying. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, back to his mom also coaching his little league when he was five years old. His mom coached little league. His nice. mom coached his little league oh, when he was five years old. And there's actually this adorable story. Adorable. I'm drinking about uh, they were playing a team. When you're coaching five-year-olds in Little League, like you know what that's like. I remember our kids playing soccer, and there's just this mound around the ball as the it amoeba. travels around the field. So like you're coaching Little League. Nobody's going to make that play at first, right? You throw it to the first baseman to get the out. First baseman kept dropping the ball. Mookie was at second. His mom turned to him and said, Mookie, get this out. So instead of him throwing it to the first baseman, he outran the runner. And from second? From second. To fr- <laughs> and tag first base. Everybody, all the other parents got pissed off, and his mom was like, we had to get the out. We had to like what, make this What game. do you want to happen? Right. Exactly. So there's a really good mom. She stopped coaching him when it got a little bit too dangerous. When he got to be seven and eight, the balls were so fast that were getting hit that she actually got nicked by one, and she was like, I, he's too good for me. I'm, I'm done. I'm done I'm at out. this point. Um, but kept encouraging him through his youth. So- Amazing youth at age 17, scouted by the Red Sox, who had been coming back and coming back to his baseball games. And he turned down multiple scholarships in order to get into the Red Sox farm system after graduating high school. Baseball scholarships, right? And bowling scholarships. Is that fucking ridiculous? (laughs) He had equal amount of offers as baseball and bowling. I did not know this. So that was a thing. Put your kids into bowling, listeners. He moved really quickly through the farm system. He was there from 2011 to 2014, and he thought he wasn't going to be able to go up because he played second base, and Pedroia is the There's no room at second base. There's no room at second base. So they moved him in 2014 to center field, and he took to it, as you'll see in the highlight reel that we'll post, like crazy. Moved up poetically, Yankee Stadium, first game. So... Here, I'm going to give a little Jeter love. I do a lot of Jeter hate. But he found out after the fact. He got his first hit at Yankee Stadium. The guy to fetch the ball and roll it into the dugout so he could keep it was Derek Jeter. So thank you, Jeter, for doing that. His um, first home run that he had at Fenway Park, this is bizarre, was caught by a guy from Tennessee who grew up like two towns over from him and played baseball against him kept the ball and got it back to Mookie in exchange oh. for a lot of autographed swag. But there was a lot but of swag. But totally that's really kind sweet. and very weird. What are the what are the odds? That's yeah, totally totally weird. Uh, he's a sexy outfielder. We'll post when he robbed our our beloved Bryce Harper of a as of a home run and there's a lot of great highlights reel around his outfield work and I'll just leave off with Win, dance, repeat. We gotta love our Red Sox outfielders and how this came to be. Nobody really knows, but they dance in the outfield, and Mookie is a fabulous dancer. It broke out once when somebody tweeted him or something on social media and said, Do the Carlton. Mm-hmm. And he did such a great job that then he tweeted out, 
all right, give me my next move. And fans tweeted in Macarena, which he did. There's just a great variety of Mookie dances in the outfield with with my boyfriend Benny what a great choice I gotta say you did well Benny Andrew Benatendi is one of the other participants in win dance repeat Benny plays left field for the Red Sox 23 years old and the Red Sox rookie of the year for 2017 barely edged out by judge for 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 rookie of the year and and judge I mean as you talked about last week judge I there, you can't you can't, you can't, argue. You can't hold it against him but Benny is so... any other year it would have been Benny yeah it's absolutely true Benny had a 2020 season if you remember from a previous podcast a 2020 season means you've hit 20 or more home runs and you've stolen successfully 20 or more bases that's hot totally hot but he had a very uneven season he had streaks and then he had slumps so he was not happy with his with his batting average or his run totals. But he, he says, I'm going into this season having faced most of the pitchers that I'm going to see again this year. I know better how to prepare. So he's hoping that the ability to prepare and having, having it not all be new might help him eliminate those slumps. Because when he was on, he was totally on. That's a really good rookie reflection. Like, take that rookie year. Analyze it. Think about it. What can you learn from this? Yep. Yep. He was a tiny guy when he was in spring training two years ago. He was so small. He was about a, a 165 pounds. His name, Benintendi, didn't even fit on the back of his jersey at that time. So he's been spending off seasons trying to bulk up. He says he loses a lot of weight during the season, so he's coming into spring training this year at 190 pounds. That's a Big increase. He's Benny Biceps. It's got to be now. all muscle. And, then, and the name fits. The name totally fits now across the back of the jersey. His first at bat in the in game one of the ALDS against my Indians, my Indians, he home run. He had a home run off of Trevor Bauer, who we just mentioned. He was the youngest Red Sox player to homer in in postseason ever, ever. Wow. So I'm going to tell you in a minute that he's a Cincinnati boy. So his family made that short commute up to Cleveland to watch the game. So his mom had the phone out and was getting video of every at-bat. So she caught the home run and then panned around to catch his grandparents cheering. Oh, that's And he still so has that video on sweet. his phone because how fantastic is that, right? Your postseason home run and your whole family is there, including your grandparents, getting to see you make history like this, right? I just want to say I'm glad that something good came out of that division series because a lot of great things else came out good for the Red Sox. Great things for the Indians came out of this. He's so young that He's, and he's really family-oriented, right? His dad used to um, use a tennis racket in his backyard to hit balls, to bounce tennis balls, like just sky them really high in the air. So he would run around and try to catch these giant pop flies, which who knew that he was being prepared to play left field for the Red Sox, right, just in his backyard. His, um, his family gets together to watch his games. His uncle converted his garage into a lounge, basically a man cave. They call it the Garage Mahal. That's awesome. And this garage is outside of Cincinnati, Ohio. So I'm going to lie with exact figures right now. Are you ready for this? Yeah, yeah, totally. All right. He went if to it Ma- gets me into that garage, go for it. He went to Madera High School in Madera, Ohio, suburb of Cleveland. My family, I have family who used to live in Madera, so I am absolutely positive that I have crossed paths with Ben attendees over the years. I'm sure of it. So there's got to be a way into that garage for us. I'm, I'm working on it. I'm working on getting us into the, into the garage mahal. So he was born and raised in Cincinnati. 
and he holds records for the state of Ohio for his high school career, 199 career high school home runs, Ohio record. He was actually a national high school player of the year. Hey, did you know going into this that you would get an your Ohio boy out of it? Like, this is... It's a total bonus. Yeah. It is total bonus. And I want to say, oh, yeah, guess what? He also set records in basketball, but I also want to say yada, 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 because it seems like all the boyfriends we pick also played basketball along with baseball and were also that good in basketball in high school. He had a big homecoming in September when the Red Sox came into town to play the Reds. So his hometown of Little Madera, Ohio, threw a big pep rally for him in the, in the, in the, um, the gym of the middle school. Middle school gym. The middle school That's gym. So cool. The high school band came down to play Sweet Caroline. That is for him. So cool. <laughs> I thought you would appreciate that. Uh, he said, Everybody's here. Everybody I grew up with is here. His high school bas- uh, baseball coach was here. It wasn't that long since he played at that. He's only 23. He was playing high school there four or five years ago, right? And his high school coach said, You know, he went four years and didn't miss a single practice. He never was late to a practice. He was there every day working hard. So clearly that is paying off for him. He was drafted by the by the Reds, his hometown major wow. league team, in 2013, but decided to go to the University of Arkansas to play ball for, so for college ball for a couple of years. He went the other way. That's interesting. We don't have many guys who choose the college route. Just for a couple of years. He didn't graduate from there because the Red Sox drafted him in 2015. Scooped and he's in. Swooped in. And, you know, the rest is history. So family guy, Cincinnati boy, Ohio boy, Ben Attendee. He's my boyfriend. We have National League boyfriends, Diamondbacks. So we started looking into the Diamondbacks, and I, ashamed to say, did not know much about the Diamondbacks. So I did. I spent way too much time looking at a lot of Diamondbacks, and there's a lot of interesting stuff going on. But then this story popped out that I felt like it was just such a no-crying-in-baseball story has to be told. Tell us the story. Who's that it about? That is David Peralta. Right field, age 30. So good age for, for somebody who I'm scoping out. His nickname, and this is what first piqued my interest, is Freight Train. He got that nickname because he runs the bases with, quote, complete reckless abandon. Oh, yeah. And I, I actually, in my research, saw a couple videos of him running the bases, and that is such an appropriate nickname. He's just like a train running through there. So he's been on the D-back since 2014. In his time there, 14 through 17, he has the same average as he did this last season alone, 2017, which is 293, which is pretty impressive. Pretty so I thought, all right, this guy's worth looking into more. He's second only to your boyfriend, who we'll hear a lot more about. But then the story gets interesting. This is not his first Major League Baseball team, sort of. In 2005, he was drafted into the Cardinal system as a pitcher. He's from Venezuela, so this was his first ticket over. He was a little kid then, basically, he, yeah. right? Like 18 or so? Yeah, So, and we've seen that a lot with the international drafts, that they get them pretty young when they're looking really good. But he started having a shitload of injuries. His shoulder, and for a pitcher, this is a big deal, while he was still in the minor system, he had two shoulder surgeries. And I think after the first one, they were kind of like, oh, let's see where this goes. And then after the second one, they released him in 2009. He was done. He was going to have a one-way ticket back to Venezuela. He actually had to talk to the team because it was a week before his girlfriend's college graduation. He had a U.S.-born girlfriend. I'm not sure how they met. But this was going to be a big deal where he was going to meet her family and all this stuff. So they put off the ticket for over a week. I'm not quite sure how, but he ended up staying in the country with the girlfriend. They moved in together in Florida. And he said at that point, 
I'm making it back into the major league. And there was no way as a pitcher. Like, he was shot then, but he was going to do the hard work that he needed to to be a player, to be an outfielder. So he started looking into the independent North American League, which I don't know know too much about, but you don't have to be. I don't know how you get in. He checked it out in 2010 and found this this team in Rio Grande, but he was in Florida with his girlfriend. How is he going to get there? He worked at McDonald's. He worked at McDonald's, and she even talks about how he did the shittiest jobs there and had the night shift and saved up money and got himself to Rio Grande for 2011, made the season, made $1,000 a month, you know, sort of basically lived on an air mattress while he was out there, um, stuck with it. And he had this one contact out of his major league experience, which was the scout from the Diamondbacks. And he was basically stalking this guy, like, want to come see me? Want to come see me? Guys that would be put- good, please. I need a real job. Yeah. Guys putting it off. 2012, he played with the Wichita Wingnuts. <laughs> I just think that's the best name, the Wingnuts. And from Wichita, Kansas. 2013, he's back in Texas with the Amarillo something or other. Um, and in the off season, the Independent League didn't have an off-season training system. His training system was his girlfriend, who turned out to be a very good softball player when she was at Palm Beach Atlantic University. And she threw him batting practice in the off season <laughs> until it ricocheted and hit her ankle. I guess we have this bad batting practice stories this week she handed it off to her dad who got hit in the neck and then they said "Uh, let's have him practice with the local high school team so he literally (laughs) took hurting family yes took batting practice with the local high school team finally 2013 the guy he bugs the guy from arizona enough who says all right i'm going to give you a workout just to see what you got he had the stuff. He pulled him into the D-backs farm system. He blasted through the miners, and he got pulled up in, in uh, July 2014, busted out, hitting his first seven games, stole home that season, got a grand slam that season, basically made his statement that I'm here to stay. So he's the first D-backs rookie ever with five RBI in a game. And he had a baby girl born last August nice. on his birthday. <laughs> he's That's got to be an omen, right? Yeah. And it's and this softball player, girlfriend, now wife, stuck with him through all of this. So a power to her. She's an amazing woman. She's an amazing woman also because she's partners with him in his charitable efforts. And, they, and he has the uh, David Peralta Fund for Venezuela. So giving back to the country that he's from. They also do work with kids in Arizona, where they support an organization called Kitchen on the Street, which provides money for, uh, not money, provides food for low-income children, homeless kids in Arizona. So he and his wife are doing some good things. And I just think that his story, like that idea of you're out, but you're going to fight your way back into the major leagues and make it. It would have been really easy to quit and just said, okay, I got to find something else to do because I'm never going to make it as a baseball player. Oh, yeah. Power to him. I looked at the Diamondbacks and I thought, I can't pick Paul Goldschmidt because everybody knows Paul Goldschmidt. What would be the point? The I've, point would be to get an awesome player on your team. <laughs> there is that. I consulted my favorite uh, baseball advisor, which lives in my house. That would be my kid who said, all right, who are your boyfriends? What do you need? You only have two first basemen. Pick a first baseman. So I can't. That's Paul Goldschmidt. I don't want to pick Paul Goldschmidt because everybody knows him. I picked Aaron Judge last week. I can't keep picking like these superstars. All right. 
mom, pick the tallest guy on the team and just say he's a first baseman. The tallest guy on the team is Paul Goldschmidt. He's 6'3". So I'm going to go ahead and pick Paul Goldschmidt, first base for the Diamondbacks, age 30. You may already know all about him because he has been an all-star each of the last five years. And he has this weird three-time odd-year award-winning streak. In the odd years, he wins the gold glove, and in the odd years, he wins the silver slugger. Both. He Both, yes. Wow. Both of those things. He leads the Diamondbacks in batting average at 299. He leads the Diamondbacks in runs, in home runs, and RBIs. And hype. And he, he leads so, the Diamondbacks, period. He, he is the leader. You can't argue with that. So so he's my guy. When he was called up in August of 2011, he was fine. He was fine. They made the postseason, which was a big deal for the Diamondbacks. They were Huge. playing the Brewers in the NLDS. He hit a grand slam in the NLDS as a rookie. He was the third rookie in MLB history to hit a grand slam in the postseason. That's pretty cool. The other side of his life is his personal life, his charitable giving, which, as Patty Moth pointed out, is a pretty big deal among the Diamondbacks, is kind of interesting. He attended Texas State, where he met his, his wife, Amy, but he graduated from the University of Phoenix because he went to the Diamondbacks. To, you know, he only went to, to Texas for two years and then started playing Major League Baseball. So while he was playing Major League Baseball, he was finishing his degree at the same time with the University of Phoenix, which is a for-profit university. So online classes while playing Major League Baseball. I can't even imagine. There aren't enough hours in the day to do that. And he found it. And he was so happy with that kind of opportunity that he and his wife now fund five full scholarships every year for the University of Phoenix. So they're getting a lot of community members who have jobs. They've been out in the, the world and they need a degree to get to the next step. That's awesome. To get a better job, to help their community in different ways. So the University of Phoenix um, takes the applications in. They narrow them down. They give them to Paul and Amy Goldschmidt, who then pick their five winners. And every year, they send five people to college, which I think is very cool. But that's not the only charitable giving they do. They also do a lot of work with the Phoenix Children's Hospital. And so both Paul and Amy would go visit the Children's Hospital starting in 2011, when he first went up to, to the show, to hang out with the kids, to meet the families, to play cards with, you know, the people in the waiting rooms and all of that. And then as he progressed in the major leagues and had some money, they started a foundation um, called Goldie's Fund for Kids. And they would sell like Paul Goldschmidt. They called him like bleacher creatures, like little plush toys for $44, which is his, you know, his uniform number. Oh, awesome. And they would do other fundraisers. And that money went to things that provided entertainment and comfort for the kids who were the patients and their families. They might take the kids to games. They, they supplied iPads to you know, some of the wards so the kids could watch movies. They would throw, they throw birthday parties for kids whose birthdays happen while they are patients at the children's hospital. Sweet. And Mookie is not the only bowler in, our, in today's discussion. Goldie's Bowling Bash is next week is going to be their second annual. Next week, February 22nd, is their, is their second annual bowling bash, which actually tries to raise big money to support the new cancer, Center for Cancer and Blood Disorders at the, uh, at the Phoenix Children's Hospitals. Last year, they raised $186,000. So if you're in Phoenix next week, go bowling and support the Goldies Fund for Kids. Next week, we're back with Astros and Nationals boyfriends, and I can't wait. You heard how excited Potty Mouth was about Mookie. You just wait till I tell you about my third baseman.
And th- we don't have many teams left. We don't. We just have one more week one, after one that. One more week after that. I know. We are counting down days. We are close to spring training games starting next week. We want to tell you that we are going to start our fantasy baseball boyfriend draft. We are. In a couple of weeks. And we're inviting you to play along with us. We will tell you where it's going to be. We haven't found a home for it yet, but we will in the next couple of weeks. So start lining up your boys. So basically what we've been doing is we've been keeping track of our boyfriends as we go along. We know how many we have at each position. One per team. And we're going to end up with two strings, right? Our first choice and our second choice is what Mm -hmm. our ideal is. And in a couple weeks after we finish the boyfriends, we're going to talk about pitching and where we're going to go from there. But just sort of keep that in mind. So we're looking at two strings, our first and our second. And we're going to go through all these amazing guys that we've been talking about for weeks and whittle it down to two per position. Right, so please feel free to join us with that. And remember, boyfriends are the guys who have mad skills, but they're also guys who love the game and guys you want to hang out with. And that's who we're drafting from. Tell us about our countdown, Potty Mouth. So this is the first time. So for the entire first season, we were doing our spring training countdown. Thank God I found a site with an opening day countdown. We're counting down to opening day. 38 days, 20 hours, 39 minutes, and a matter of seconds until we... Get to go to the ballpark. Opening day. Thanks for joining us for the beginning of season two of No Crying in Baseball. Remember, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, on Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Say goodnight, Potty Mouth. Good night, Potty Mouth. Mookie, 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 Mookie.